Hey guys, so quick update. I hope you all had a great week. And just to close out this week, let's let's cover a few points. I wanted to share kind of what I've been up to in terms of my content planning and content publishing. So I wanted to give you a quick update on that and what I've learned through that actually. It's been quite an interesting journey. I'm sure these are things that everybody is struggling with, but I myself have found that actually there are some there are some shortcuts to getting content out. There are some ways to automate things that are actually pretty uh, cool, kind of working pretty well and getting better at that kind of every day. So hopefully just take maybe 15, 20 minutes here to kind of cover a few of these points. And so let's get right into it. So actually, I think I was supposed to maybe a couple of weeks ago when I was just kind of like midway through my, you know, sort of content publishing, kind of learning and kicking, you know, getting things kickstarted. So I would probably call last week kind of week one in the end. And one of the main things I think that I have found is that having a clear content plan is really, really important. I mean, you can you can kind of make it up each day as you go. You can just think, you can wake up and think, hey, I'm going to post about this today. But what happens there is it becomes very disjointed. And you you kind of like feel like you, you know, you basically end up just picking the first thing that comes to mind and that may not fit into a, a particular strategy. So it's much better to have a really clear content plan and the I actually bought one from a, a very uh, you know a great uh, content planner a lady who uh, kind of knows about this stuff and so it's kind of like a, it's actually it's actually a, a Trello board and uh, the way it's structured is essentially having you know three kind of key brand themes and then what she calls content pillars so there's actually twelve content pillars one for each month actually and so the the first content pillar that gets split down into seven subtopics. And then you kind of repeat these seven subtopics um, for the first three weeks, but in a different part of the customer journey, and then um, include also some kind of like ideas about stories and stuff. So that's the way this kind of comes together. So you end up having a really clear plan for 30 days that you can work from. So that's been pretty, that was a great starting point because it really pushed me actually, because what I found with that is that, you know, I, I kind of came up with a content plan. And then I kind of revised it and then I revised it again. You know, I could probably revise it maybe three times or something before I figured out, well, actually, this is a good, this seems to flow for me. And even then, what I'm finding is that each day when I look at that particular topic, I find that actually the the specific idea that I had might not fit exactly. And I think that is to be expected because what's happening is that, you know, you might have, you might think up, you know, a plan today going out for the next 30 days. But when, you know, next Tuesday rolls around or the you know, next week rolls around, there might be something that's really topical, something that you really want to talk about, which, you know, you're seeing a lot of content, you know, people being talk, you know, talking about that or something spurred you. But it's still relevant to the to the actual subtopic you came up with. It's just got a different kind of like angle to it. So anyway, that content planning kind of process, I think, is really good. If you have not got your content plan in place, I would thoroughly recommend to start there, you know. If you are, for example, not posting regularly online yet, and you've been kind of thinking, well, this is you know something you need to do, then and probably what's happening is that you're probably a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of kind of unknowns there and what all the things that you have to figure out. And so what I would say is like, just push the, the technical part of that aside for the minute and just figure out a content plan first that's going to take you out month by month, you know, at a high level over 12 months and at a more detailed level over the next 30 days, that is the right place to start. So me, myself, I'm getting a hang of things here. This week has been really sort of getting into 
gear. What happened actually is I set up a TikTok account two, three weeks ago. Then I revised that. I set up a second TikTok account. I started using, then I've now got a third TikTok account. I mean, I'm canceling the first ones, but I've ended up with one. But what I found is that, you know, when you start, you start posting videos and then you learn better ways to do things. And maybe the, the angle of attack was wrong. So you start all over again. And so over those few weeks, I just found that I needed to just like scratch it all again and just start fresh. And I'm really happy I did that because the, the one, the, the five videos that I've posted for this week have been really, for me, they've been like, they've been, they've been, they've been solid. There's a theme. It's based on the content plan. Uh, my workflow, which I'm going to go through with you in a minute, is kind of getting streamlined. And I think it's something I could repeat daily. And it should take no more than about, I would say, an hour each day once I'm kind of like fully up to speed with that. At the moment, it's taking more like two or three hours, but I'm kind of faffing around. There are some things that don't work very well, uploads, downloads. And after a while, you find actually that you can you can circumvent certain things. You can go straight from A to B. You don't need to do some other things. So you kind of get the idea. So let's run through kind of what I covered this week in my five short videos. Each, each video that I posted on TikTok today, this week, and I'll summarize this again later, but basically the idea is that I'm starting with TikTok. And the reason I do that is because that is the platform right now with the biggest reach. And while it takes some time to figure out the algorithm on TikTok and to actually figure out how things work, the carrot kind of is the fact that, you know, it's got the biggest reach. And then what happens is that I've got, I've got automation set up so that that video that I post to TikTok then gets pushed out to six other platforms. So in total, that one video essentially appears seven places, all for short form video. And so each of these videos is one and a half minutes long. So I keep it to that maximum 90 seconds. What I find is that actually creating a script and actually talking about something, you know, vaguely useful takes you about a minute and a half because what happens is you record the video and then you edit it and then you're down to around about one minute, 20, one minute, 30 seconds. And I've tried to get it down lower, but I think, you know, it starts to become very sketchy, kind of, kind of like very high level if you do 60 seconds. If you do more like two minutes or three minutes, the problem with that is that you, you really need to know the subject very well and to be able to, you know, keep someone's attention all the way through for, let's say, a three minute video. It's, it's actually that's actually, you know, quite, you know, needs a bit of preparation, in other words. So each of these are one and a half minute videos. And so on Monday, I think what I, what I covered was, you know, to launch an offer in the marketplace right now, you you really need to be in a market of one. You've got to figure out your unique offer, your transformational offer that you're going to make into the market. You've got to have a really clear primary promise around that, which is specific and unique, time-based. So there's, there's multiple things going on there, which make your offer absolutely crystal clear and unique and there's you know you can say that's in a sort of category of one so that's the first thing and by the way there's all sorts of like aspects around that and this is this this these are the topics actually which i am you know i have been mastering or i've been trying to figure out for several years now because when you look at what's going on in the marketplace you see a ton of offers you see lots of coaching programs you see consulting services you see all sorts of business you know offers I think actually what you what everybody needs to be aware of, especially if you're on the buy side of this, is that most of those offers do not stick. They don't they don't hang around, right? What happens is you see those offers, they last a month or two, and you never see them again. And the reason for that is because they never really gelled. They were not things that actually, you know, you know, enough people be, you know found uh, consistently useful. And so it might it might have had a very short life. 
And so this is the challenge, I think, on the on the offer side of this equation to to shape things in a way that you know customers uh, need on an ongoing basis, and to be able to continue to uh, shape that and um, maintain the relevancy of that over time. So anyway, that was Monday. I won't go through it in so much detail with the others, but the second uh, video I did was on five ways to grow. I talked about, you know, you can double down on sales, you can increase profitability, you need to test new business models, raise funding perhaps, uh, expand into new territories. So these are like five ideas for how you can grow in 2024. And then I also talked this week on Wednesday about why why I actually discourage entrepreneurship just as much as I help founders to be successful. In other words, you know, I actually came up with like seven reasons why, you know, starting anything is either a bad idea or you need to have a lot of preparation for it and gave reasons for that. And, but, you know, for other people who have already started or you're running a business or you're leading a, uh, you know, a particular product line in a company that, doesn't apply so specifically, but there, you know, you those are things useful things to know about what is going on in the marketplace, and so that's why I really covered there. Number f- uh, Thursday, which was the fourth kind of one I went into, I wanted to share there, you know, something that I learned the hard way, I guess, which is about the fact that as teams come together, there is this there's the Tuckman model, which is a five phase model of how teams come together. I think it starts with forming, then storming, then norming then um, performing and adjourning. So there's like these five phases all could be done in one year. But, it, you know, I think in the in the case that I'm thinking about when, when we started our tech company, I'm thinking about it was a longer t- period of time. It was probably more like three years. Um, but I think one of the most important aspects there is the fact that actually, um, you know, you might think that, you know, once you get through that kind of like storming phase that you're into the norming and it's like, you know, everything's great. But actually, that's not true. I think what happens is that teams get into the into the storming phase. Something happens externally. Things get really tough and difficult. You haven't quite got to that point where it's really norming, where people are really gelling and resonating together and working together and really promoting each other's work and and being really open and honest with each other and all those kinds of things, which is which is really typical of the norming phase. So you never actually get there. What happens is that you go through the storming phase and it just as you're getting into the norming phase, it kind of breaks down. And it's almost like the fact that that sort of storming phase is the is the hyperactivity kind of phase where people are kind of learning about each other. And when things start to work, people get uncomfortable and they start to actually, you know, in some ways you could probably call it, you know, sabotaging or self-sabotaging or somehow team or you know or the organization self-sabotaging itself because it now believes it can can achieve something but actually there's still a lot more to go in terms of that team operating well together to make the whole thing work and so this i found i find really fascinating i find it really interesting i think my personal experiences and actually teams as they grow and get into that phase is something i would love to work with a few people on to see how that's working in their companies because you know tactics aside like actual like Hey, technical funnels, all these kinds of things, strategies. These are one aspect of the whole thing. But this cultural aspect of team formation, I think, can make a massive, massive difference for a company. It can make the difference between something running for like nine months to a year, getting to almost profitability and then breaking down or going, you know, 10x or 100x or 1000x. Right. That can be the main difference. I really believe that. So 
talked about that on Thursday, on Friday today, I talked about AI transformation and the fact that, you know, with all these different tools and things, products coming out, every business must have a very clear AI transformation strategy. And I, I would call this an evergreen strategy, right? We are in an era now where something like AI is something you want to be thinking about forever more. There's no, there's no limit. It's not like a one-year plan or something. You know, it's like painting the the the, the suspension bridge in San Francisco, right? They once they get to the other end, then they have to start from the beginning again. So I think that's true for this as well, where the number of products, the number of tools come onto the market, and how you apply those into your business is an ongoing process. This is and also into your own products, like how you actually leverage the the, the technologies that are becoming available and how to turn those into useful features for your customers and not let that run away with itself because obviously that could be a big cost you know burden you know black hole uh trying to develop you know novel features for you know using ai using machine learning using other things with some vision in mind about what it's useful for but then actually never realizing that and therefore it becoming just a just a lost cost so anyway these are the really important aspects so i think this this idea of having a really good solid specific relevant dialed in kind of like ai transformation kind of process or journey for every company every single company whether you're a one-man person company or whether you're a corporate and you've got a department focused on something you know these are going to be essential things over the coming years now i may be preaching to the choir here but you know as i start to think about this right now and do some research around it i realize more and more that this is this is a non-trivial this is really non-trivial this is going to be probably the most complicated thing that people have dealt with possibly in their whole careers right because it is it is moving so fast the landscape's changing very fast adoption is difficult you know you know on one hand you might want to be letting staff go and on the other hand you might want to be hiring staff or training staff to be able to grow the business so it's it's complex right so that said, hopefully that is an interesting little rundown of what I covered this week. I would love for you to follow me on any of those channels. So I'm on TikTok, my first name, last name. Actually, I think on TikTok, it's it's Asfar underscore Hyder. And then on Instagram, it is just my first name, last name with no underscore. On Facebook, I'm on R3 Innovation. So in LinkedIn as well, right here. So, or just hit me up and I'll, you know, tell me which channel you want to follow me on. I'll, I'll let you know. So I'd love for you to follow me on any of these channels and and maybe give some feedback, right? Give some feedback about these topics. Are these relevant for you? Are they helpful for you? Are these things things that you could maybe work from to develop ideas for your business? Very quickly, I just want to run through. I just want to give you a little bit of uh, insight into my uh, workflow here for uh, creating these short form videos, and hopefully you will find this interesting. So. This is kind of what it looks like right now. There's a few more pieces, bits and pieces, but basically this is it. I start with a content plan, which is actually an Excel spreadsheet. So prior to this is the Trello board from the content planning Trello board that I mentioned earlier. And then in this content plan work spreadsheet, essentially I'm breaking down different angles of that topic for the day. And I'm researching using ChatGPT, BuzzSumo, TikTok search to see what people are searching for, uh, which is a really important thing on, on TikTok. You, you you know, you don't want to just use even terminology becomes very important because actually TikTok is essentially an SEO based search engine for short form content. So you want to be trying to dial into the search terms people are using. Then I kind of capture that information, including the the, the, the very specific script and hashtags that, I, that will be relevant for that particular uh, day. 
uh, and Topic into Trello. And that gives me sort of my baseline. Then I kind of moved to my, you know, makeshift home studio where I get my iPhone 11, which I'm using right now, out and record the video. And usually that's like with, with I use that, I use TikTok in this and I, and you, the, I find it very good because what you can do is you can stop start as the recording goes. So you, you, you start the recording, maybe, you know, 20 seconds, 15 seconds, you can just stop it and then, you know, check your notes, maybe come up with the next specific thing you want to say. And then you can start that again. And it just literally starts recording from where it left off and you can keep going and you can even delete the very last kind of clip that you have recorded. So the TikTok recording, you know, function in the TikTok app is, is fantastic. I would really recommend that. So anyway, that's the video. Once I get that out, it's usually about a three, four, five minute video uh, with a lot of spaces and, you know, run-ons and that sort of thing. So I put it into an app called CapCut, which is also owned by TikTok, actually, or at least by the parent company. And in CapCut, then I edit it down, down to that minute and a half. I put in titles, text, little stickers, which might be little arrows or things that point to things. And what are called cuts, where maybe, let's say, you you kind of zoom in for three seconds and zoom out again. So you can do that all in CapCut really efficiently. So that's that step there. Then now what I found is a, a great new AI tool called Opus Pro. And what it does is you upload that video into Opus Pro. And then what it does is it um, kind of passes it through their AI and it filters out all the kind of like, you know, filler words like an R and stuff. And it also gives you a score about how how viral it could go or how, you know, well it well the you know, what you're saying and, you know, fits. And then secondly, it actually gives you a short version. So I've uploaded a minute and a half and it comes out as a minute and a half and it actually puts better captions in, you know, these are the subtitles, it puts, puts better subtitles in, but it also gives you a short version. And, and, and in one, I put in a minute and a half video that came out at, I think, 30 seconds. The second one I put in came out at about 50 seconds. And what it's doing is it's actually sort of, the AI is actually, generating a shorter version of the video but retaining the meaning and then what you can also do is you can literally schedule it to publish directly to TikTok direct you know from Opus Pro so my plan here I haven't done this yet but I'm planning to basically you know on the day I would put it into Opus Pro I would then download the full version straight to my other phone and the short version I could literally just just schedule it there and then for let's say 48 hours later or 24 hours later to make another video that goes out. So as I say, so what I've done here is I've recorded the video on a particular phone. I've uploaded it to our Opus Pro using that phone. Then on the other phone, I download it. And the reason I download it on another phone is because actually that phone is, is my phone specific to publishing onto TikTok. And because TikTok, TikTok is very sensitive to the fact that, you know, you, you, you have to have a very, you have to have a dedicated it wants to see that you've only got one account is one main thing. And secondly, that particular phone, I've got a US SIM card because I, I have learned that actually that way they they will publish it out to the US as well. But it, I'm not sure that's really true. Anyway, that's the reason why I'm using that second phone there. And so then on TikTok, I've downloaded the, the video and then I upload it to TikTok and I add the the description. So that would be like in the in the description field. So as you kind of like, you know, you can scroll down and see additional information about the video. I enter the hashtags using TikTok's hashtag selection tool. So it's not just uploading in the description field, it's actually selecting those tags just in case they, depending on how they operate that, you wanna be sure that you're you know, you know, know, not losing opportunities to 
to to work with their app the way they want you to. So you've got the tags there. And then finally, adding what they call trending music, because in TikTok, people search a lot using music. So they might listen to listen to a track or something that's trending, and they would find your video because of that. So it's a useful thing to add trending music. You don't actually have to have the music playing. You can actually turn the sound down to zero for that trending music. And so that's it. That's the workflow. That was interesting. <laughs> so I've, I've been fine. I've been sort of obviously this is this is like version, I don't know, five of my workflow and it will probably change again. But it gives you, it gives you a sense of kind of what's needed here to make this work. It's actually not as complicated as it might look there. As I was saying at the beginning, you know, you know, this is it could take three hours a day to get one of these out. But I think starting probably like by Monday next week, I'm sure I could get that down to an hour. It's not too much as long as you follow a very consistent workflow each time. And the, and you've you've also dealt with some of the tech issues with some of these platforms because there are some limitations of file sizes or how you copy things. You know, that, that it's a bit sensitive to those things. So if you don't know those, things will just break and it will just, you know, you'll go searching for why it's not working. But once you've understood how it works, then obviously it's going to be straight through. So... That's been my week. It's been kind of fun, really focused on that. Next week is going to be very much the same, focused on short form video content to get out. Because I think what I'm finding here is this is really helping me in terms of formulating the, the specific things I want to be helping people with. And I think this is really coming down to number one, um, you know, making sure that, you know, everybody, any client that I work with has a has a great and very strong, unique, powerful offer in the marketplace. And this is easier said than done. As I as I mentioned earlier as well, like you know when I first looked started looking at that it seemed quite simple, you you know, you can use some of these formulas that say put this uh, promise together and so on. But when you actually get it live and actually put it out there, you find that it doesn't work so well. People don't resonate as well. And there's a reason for that. You can there are ways to actually figure out what people do want. And so having a strong offer, having or what my particular marketing coach who I worked with a couple of years ago, talked about was a killer offer. So having a killer offer, a very strong offer, is the number one thing that everybody needs to figure out, like what it is you do, what it is you offer, how do you help people, what is that transformation that you create? Because all of this other stuff like content and, you know, building a team around it or, you know, growing the business or building a so you know, software tool behind the scenes there, these are all secondary. These are all secondary. And I really want to stress that actually in terms of, People working in SaaS or apps or, you know, platforms or even courses. I would say more than 90% of people start with the platform, start with the tech, right? And they start saying, hey, yeah, we want to do one of these. And we, yeah, we want to, we want to have better features in this way and that way. And so they start with the product and then later they kind of, you know, especially in, a, in some sort of funded company or something, they will rely on the marketing team to, figure out how to sell it or figure out how to market it. And they will have salespeople who will, they will say, you know, we'll get the leads, you follow up and sell it. And so this is the wrong way around, actually. You really want to start with the offer. You want to validate the offer. This is the most important thing. In fact, my, my framework that I put together, what the most important nine-step process in that is going from uh, idea to a validated offer. There's nine steps involved and it's, you know, the very specific steps we came up with, including the transformation that you want to make in the market, but then it finishes with a promotional event to validate the offer. Now, this is key. This is absolutely critical 
because there's no, nothing else matters. Like you could put together like a funnel, you could put together your attraction inbound mechanisms, you could do content marketing, you could do all sorts of other things behind the scenes, but nothing is going to matter unless that offer is truly what people are looking for. Now, one part is like the mechanism of doing all of that. The other part is actually getting that working. And I would say that I am still like 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 putting the icing on the cake for my offers right and but the process here is very important and i'm probably focused on something which is um you know it, it's in a it's in a it's in a very noisy space of like coaching consulting hopefully you are working on something you have something more specific maybe you offer a particular tool you've got a particular product that you know that is your concept the offer around that should be a lot more specific and so actually running it through the process should be a lot easier Anyway, that's the kind of thing I, I uh, you know, focus on. And now what we can do, and one of the, that was the topic of my conversation, topic of the uh, video that I did today around AI transformation, which is that all of this stuff around offer creation and then attraction marketing, and then what I, I have, what I call a redesign process. So I don't, I don't look at operational design as being forward thinking necessarily. I think that's actually the easiest part. The hard part in operational effectiveness is consistent continuous redesign right and so my process is a nine-step process for redesign and that means about value that you're creating it means about experiences both on the front end and you know, for your clients as well as internal for your employees things like pricing i mean this is all part of a redesign process that needs to take place ongoing like consistently um and that is an amazing advantage if you establish and I would love to explore this with you, anyone listening here. If you establish a consistent, you know, re repeating repeating process to redesign all of these aspects of your business, you know, you, I, I absolutely assure you that will put you in the top 1% very fast, very fast indeed. Because very simply what that is saying is, see, when you go through the first time around and you create something, that's not enough because you've got to come around again and compound the things that you thought through the first time around because it's too complicated right now there's too many things too many moving parts and so you need to compound it but then if you do that repeatedly like consistently you keep going around and compounding the value that you've created across all different aspects of your business or the process that's i think when magic happens so love to talk to you about that so i'll leave it here hopefully this has been helpful tune in for next week my plan is to do these kind of like on fridays if i every friday if i can or at least every other friday sort of thing so please do follow along and